So thank you to everybody for joining this, uh, this panel. As I was saying uh, in, in the previous panels, our forum today aims to showcase the competitive advantages and leadership of Hong, of Hong Kong across several areas. And one of those areas is exactly Hong Kong uh, as a financing and capital raising center. So we have with us uh, a great panel. Uh, I would like to turn it over to Edward Liu the, uh, from Hill Dickinson, who is going to moderate the panel. I'd like to welcome you all and thank you for being with us. And Edward, the floor is yours. Many thanks, Nicholas. And it's my great pleasure to be a moderator of this very distinguished uh, panel members, which I'm now going to introduce. Uh, today we have Mr. Jemsung, uh, the Managing Director, Head Asia Pacific and Japan Global Shipping and Logistics, Head of Diversified Industrials China uh, from City, uh, Citibank. And Mr. Jack Xu, uh, the Deputy Head of Shipping, CMB Financial Leasing Co. Limited and Mr. Kenneth Lam, Managing Director of Credit uh, Agrico uh, CIB, and Mr. Julian Proctor, Managing Director of Untrust Global, and the last but not least, uh, Mr. Gongtem Krurana, uh, Kru, uh, Kru, uh, CFO of uh, Precious Shipping. And welcome you uh, to join today's uh, panel, panel, panel uh, discussion today for the shipping um, for the shipping and financial uh, capital raising hub uh, uh, topics. Um, I think it's more appropriate for us to uh, start with the US election as it is still the most topical issue. But of course, we now all, we all know, know that uh, uh, Mr. Joe Biden as the president elect will definitely be uh, the next president of the US. And, and uh, of course that the US as the, 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 the power in the world um, is still have the most influential on everything, including uh, the financial uh, aspect. And indeed, Hong Kong has uh, um, uh, encountered quite a dif uh, number of difficulties uh, because of the, uh, the tension between US and China. So I'd like to invite uh, James to com comment first that what kind of impact that it might bring to Hong Kong, the so shipping cluster, you think, if uh, thinks that uh, Mr. Biden will become the next U.S. president in January next year. James, uh, please. Thank you. Thank you, Edward, um, for your question. Um, I don't really think that there will be a lots of abrupt changes to the Hong Kong as a financial center, whether it's Trump or Biden as a president, because a financial center is not established just in one day. It has been established by, by, by decades of profession and also by experience, that in fact you will see that um, there might be some confidence in the Hong Kong situation, whether it's political or not, but when it comes to financials, I think it is very hard to just rebuild another city to replace Hong Kong immediately. I think there might be other financial center coming into the market, but ultimately it's also the DNA and also the decades of, of professionalism that created in Hong Kong that cannot be replaced immediately. Um, and also Hong Kong is remaining for a numbers of important uh, or important roles in terms of even as renminbi offshore center. And then this is one still considered one of the freest city for business. I think that will all be beneficial to shipping, shipping companies. 
And the recent rollout of the Hong Kong, uh, Hong Kong government about uh, leasing in Hong Kong is also part of that makes Hong Kong continue to be um, evolving for the shipping industry. Honestly, earlier earlier the decade, Singapore has come up with a shipping hub. They have got a lot of shipping banks and then another ancillary business of the shipping that moved to Singapore to become a really shipping hub. But ultimately, when it comes to volume and size, North Asia is where that the sizable transaction is happening. So I still think that Hong Kong will, will, will play a very important role, but it's ever evolving, whether it's Biden or Trump as the president. Yes, yeah, thank, uh, thank you, James. I think that uh, the stability and the pre uh, predictability is uh, more important, I think, for Hong Kong and not only for the financial sectors. How about you, Julian? I understand that you are traveling, uh, still traveling a lot despite of uh, the COVID pandemic. And also that your company, your company is not only focused on shipping, but, uh, uh, but much wider uh, perspective of, uh, of uh, uh, fundraising. So what's your view regarding Hong Kong, uh, probably as from a wider picture as a financial center, not only for shipping? You know, I mean, we, we are a, a large asset management firm, right? So we invest across a wide number of asset classes. My very important part of what we do, and I run our equity business within uh, within interest related to uh, uh, maritime transportation. Now, regarding Hong Kong, you know, I think that we still have by far the deepest and largest capital market when it comes to raising equity and the, the depth of our banking sector as well. So uh, as relates to the future and uh, uh, maritime in particular, I think we're an incredibly attractive place to raise money. It may look as though we're having a, uh, a rough few years now, but when we uh, we step back and we, we take a five, 10 year, 15 year view, I'm incredibly confident that we're gonna see Hong Kong continue to succeed and really continue to play that super important role, which has always played historically, which has been acting as a great gateway uh, between uh, China and, and the rest of Asia and, and also uh, the West. And I, and I think that's gonna continue, it's gonna flourish. We have great languages here, we have great institutions, we have a really deep market, and we've got a super um, intelligent uh, and well-skilled population. Uh, and we've got a, uh, uh, the largest, uh, this, if not this, the second, maybe the possibly the largest economy uh, on our doorstep. So these are phenomenal opportunities. Uh, a lot to, there's a lot to celebrate. Yeah, thank you, thank you, uh, Julian. And I think it's a really uh, good start, uh, good starting of today's uh, discussion because we start with the U.S. election, and, and we all know that, uh, um, as I also mentioned, uh, the relationship, the uh, like, uh, like the economic and the geographic, uh, ge uh, geo uh, geopolitical uh, challenges uh, being uh, encountered by uh, by Hong Kong. So. Uh, taking into taking the benefits of this so diversified panel today, I'd like to invite um, Jack probably first, and then Kenneth and uh, uh, Gautam, uh, you each of you to comment on um, uh, on on the issue that how uh, as a global uh, shipping center, how could Hong Kong um, in a bit to uh, navigate these kind of challenges and uh, chart a new direction from your perspective. Uh, like from, from a Chinese perspective and then Hong Kong perspective and overseas. So Jack, you may please. Jack, please open your, you're still mute. 
Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. Thank you, yes. Edward. Yes, we all know that Hong Kong was one of the busiest ports in the world. Yes, um, just after the time when the China mainland opening up around the uh, 1980s. So during at that time, Hong Kong acted as a, a transshipment center. So that time fed on China's rapid economic rise. But we can see just uh, over the past decades, over the past decade, so Hong Kong have lost, has lost its top position in the global ranking uh, for the port uh, um, volume and transit. So I think maybe that's because more advanced, sophisticated ship center have been uh, sprung up in mainland, especially in the Great Bay area like Shenzhen and Guangzhou city. And what's more due to the fallout from the US-China trade war and longer term mi uh, migration of low end manufacture uh, to South Asia, uh, Southeast Asia, like, uh, like uh, White Lamb, uh, Thailand, so shipping trade through Hong Kong is likely to come under continued, uh, continued pressure. So uh, Hong Kong shall leverage its unique advantage, just like uh, James mentioned, such as financial center to form the complementary function without cities in the Great Bay area. So this is very important for Hong Kong. Actually, like uh, Julian also mentioned, Hong Kong is a wide gateway connecting China with global financial markets. Hong Kong provides access to foreign currency. You know, in, in Shanghai, all of the uh, Chinese uh, leasing houses, uh, like us, like uh, SBC Borkham, we have issued uh, um, bonds in the uh, Hong Kong capital market. So Hong Kong provides access uh, a lot of uh, functions to access the, the global market, the capital market, and uh, play a crucial role in integrating China's financial system with global market. Despite the growing importance of domestic uh, financial centers like Shanghai, so all of uh, you know the Chinese leasing house, uh, bigger leasing house based in Hong Kong, uh, based in Shanghai, like us, and based in Beijing, but Hong Kong. I, I, I have to say, have has no real competitors with within China for this role for a uh, ship, uh, shipping finance center, and also together with the legal system and the regulators like uh, uh, Money Authority and the Future Commission (SFC), so they have very good international track record, and and very good legal environment. Also, this is very important, I think. And these institutional elements are accompanied by a sophisticated market infrastructures and professional services experienced in dealing with both uh, PRC and the international markets together with auditing, bank services, lawyers, and uh, equity analysts, and the service chain is well developed for shipping finance. So we understand um, the top Chinese resource have issued more than 25 billion US dollars bonds and maybe part of just uh, uh, arranged by uh, James City Bank or other uh, European banks, which mainly raised in Hong Kong capital markets. And we uh, already have CDB leasing, CSCC leasing and the Far East Horizon leasing listed in Hong Kong stock exchange. So we, we trust 
more and more leasing houses will set up Hong Kong office and just not the river office. Maybe we, 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 we have more people coming to Hong Kong to set up the entity to, with a, a bigger, larger operation team. And especially after the new tax regime for uh, leasing, uh, uh, for leasing elected. Yep. Thank, so, thank you, Jeff. Yes. Yeah, yeah, indeed, yes. that we, we will move on to uh, the Hong Kong new uh, tax uh, shipping uh, shipping finance tax okay. le uh, tax leasing uh, issue later. And of course, that I'm very pleased to hear that you will have a larger team in Hong Kong, which I believe, <laughs> of course, we so don't have any representative so yeah, from, from Hong Kong government today, but uh, I believe that, uh, uh, that we will be very pleased to hear that. Um, and, 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 uh, and of course, that you will, you will elaborate it further in detail uh, next. But let me uh, uh, ask you, uh, Kenneth, uh, because I, I, you are based in Hong Kong and you are also uh, the executive, uh, executive member of Hong Kong Shipping Association. And also that you have helped uh, the Hong Kong government in uh, quite a lot of uh, uh, policy, policy making uh, for the shipping, shipping related. Um, so what's your view uh, on this issue and whether you still, uh, whether you agree, especially I think that you to uh, hear uh, uh, Jack just mentioned that uh, there's no real competitor to Hong Kong in this uh, in, in China. So do you agree? Well, okay. Oh, th uh, thank you. Yeah, I agree with a lot of things that Jack says. Uh, um, but frankly, the, um, we are in a very competitive uh, environment and we cannot just uh, sit there and, uh, and hope, you know, that uh, whatever our forefather has done, you know, can carry us through. Obviously, what our forefathers have done, you know, the, would give us a lot of uh, help. But let's face it, um, shipping is a very global business. And uh, a shipping company, whether you call it a ship owner or ship lessor, they can base the fleet anywhere. They can base their management office anywhere, right? So what is it um, that make a, the shipping center successful is the ability to attract this uh, ecosystem uh, to be based there and continue to uh, grow there. And when you talk about this ecosystem or this uh, maritime cluster, it is really the ability to attract the uh, commercial principles, uh, the commercial principles that make the important decisions, the major decision about the uh, buy sell of the vessels, the employment you know, of, the, uh, of the vessels, and then the rest of the ecosystem will follow them, right? I mean, Jack mentioned uh, bankers, lawyers, insurance companies, uh, uh, charters, brokers, you know, everybody will follow the, uh, um, um, the principles. And so what do the principles look for? Um, they look for the stability and certainty. So the, in a place like Hong Kong, um, I think we'll go further into, you know, why we need uh, a new tax regime. Um, and I will emphasize to complement um, so, uh, it, a, very, uh, a very useful and helpful regime under 23B of the Inner Revenue Ordinance in Hong Kong that has served Hong Kong very well since the early uh, 90s in providing the tax certainties. But time has changed. There are more, new, there are newer, uh, there are more business models um, and there are, the, um, there are more regulations. And so the, these uh, um, uh, maritime leasing uh, bill comes as a very opportune time to complement what we have uh, uh, already. And all this effort is really to help to grow the, uh, and to grow and to keep the uh, maritime cluster. If I may say a um, couple, couple more words you know, on um, China, um, Hong Kong is part of China and we got to look into how Hong Kong can flourish under state policies. And very uh, thankfully, um, now China is drawing up its 14th uh, five-year plan, but in the 13th five-year plan, it has mentioned specifically Hong Kong's role 
as a finance, shipping, and trading center. And so with the right policy, state policies, and um, it's no coincidence that the Hong Kong government would develop you know, the maritime leasing bill with the full blessing of the state. And we are also in the, the Greater Bay Area, the fastest growing area within uh, China, uh, with a lot of um, initiatives that would link um, also to develop um, um, business and also the shipping activities, you know, with uh, the international the community. So we're definitely in the right place. Um, and it is really up to us uh, together to attract the um, responsible and sustainable the capital to, the, to grow Hong Kong as a shipping center the further. And I think we can talk about the leasing, we can talk about sustainability and environmental issues, you know, the, a bit later. And all these, you know, Hong Kong uh, has, uh, would continue to put an emphasis on. Thank you, thank, thank you, Kenneth. And, and, and Gontem, we, 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 are, we know that you are based in uh, Thailand and you also are probably uh, uh, understand that actually uh, Hong Kong, I understand actually, uh, actually that Hong Kong and Thailand has a very close cooperation on uh, economic um, and uh, also uh, Hong Kong is very actively uh, promoting uh, business among the Asian countries. And so what, what's your view? I understand that uh, our firm, the Hugh Dickinson, has recently helped you to uh, uh, make a, a, a closing of uh, vessel transactions. So why, why you choose Hong Kong and why, or what is the incentive that you think Hong Kong can still uh, 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 make uh, to go through these uh, challenges? and? Uh, and, and strong, be stronger. Thanks, Edward. Uh, so Hong Kong within the region is arguably the dominant trading and financial center. So you know, from our perspective, it's the obvious place to go and try and find uh, sources of capital. Uh, in addition, a key asset of Hong Kong is the breadth and depth of shipping expertise that exists in the city. Um, now the combined, you know, combine both of those things, uh, the financiers are able to formulate and then deliver financial solutions to companies within the region. So that's very attractive. And so that, that helps companies like us also better navigate the COVID-19 crisis. Now, speaking about COVID-19, I think we are now, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, COVID-19, there is a, there's vaccines as we all know, which are going to be hitting the market quite soon. Uh, you know, the COVID-19 crisis has brought unprecedented pain to all of us, to, to the market, but it has also brought unprecedented number of opportunities. And I think here's an opportunity for Hong Kong to take advantage of those opportunities, which by the way, are not gonna last for more than six months or a year. Uh, and as far as geopolitical uh, friction is concerned, I think that a business uh, plays a pivotal role in helping alleviate these tensions Business, of course, facilitates the a very close interaction, person, people to people interaction. And so I think in order to alleviate these tensions, Hong Kong uh, should perhaps increase the level of engagement that it has within the region, but also globally. Uh, so I think Hong Kong has, uh, you know, all the right ingredients to, to seize these opportunities. It's got the, you know, the, all the, the, the shipping expertise, the financial expertise, the legal infrastructure, uh, and, and, but time is short because, you know, the opportunities that we are seeing today, we're not, they're not going to be there in the next six to 12 months. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Gautam. Uh, um, I think this really helpful for us to have a, have a background of today's topic regarding Hong Kong's role as a financing and capital raising hub. And now I think that we, we have 
especially uh, Jack and Kenneth have already mentioned about the new uh, tax regime for leasing, um, um, which I think after a long time waited by all of us, and now we have uh, this bill passed in, um, uh, in June this year, and it will come into enforce, uh, uh, effect in, uh, in the forthcoming year. So, uh, Jack, you have already uh, commented on uh, this uh, new, uh, new le uh, leasing uh, tax regime. I I'd like to invite you to, uh, to continue uh, to elaborate a bit further regarding uh, your view as regarding uh, as regards uh, this uh, new uh, taxation uh, bill and whether it will uh, encourage including your company and other uh, Chinese uh, mainland company enterprises uh, to come to Hong Kong and then to have the presence in Hong Kong for their future uh, shipping ship leasing uh, uh, business Jack please thank you thank you Edward yeah, yeah. As I just mentioned, yeah, of course. Uh, uh, just uh, as present, uh, present, uh, a number of leasing uh, companies based in the mainland already have uh, presence in Hong Kong. Uh, although their Hong Kong base is just primarily uh, used for obtaining uh, financing rather than for actual leasing operations. So it is likely the attractively of the new tax regime will promote these leasing companies to further expand their presence. Yeah, just like I just mentioned. So for, for, for our company, for SMB leasing, so we, 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 we was planning to send more people to sit in Hong Kong office, uh, but because of COVID-19, so we delayed a little bit, but we still uh, have people waiting in Shanghai. So maybe, uh, uh, maybe uh, early of last year, if the vaccine coming, so we will send more people to Hong Kong, and uh, of course, and uh, we we just wanted to uh, uh, put some of our decision maker there, or just uh, to do the actual uh, daily operation for leasing uh, uh, business. So uh, I think also uh, in China, the increasing popularity and the growth of ship leasing. Uh, more and more leasing house coming for doing shipping or aviation lease, uh, business. And uh, the tax, of course, is very important um, uh, uh, elements for, for, for the uh, company to consider where to choose the, their operating uh, location. Uh, you know, for aviation, we all of the Chinese leasing house, we have doubling office. So, and even the doubling also when promote their shipping uh, uh, business. So I think why not Hong Kong to introduce the, the lower tax regime uh, earlier? So we have the advantage. Why we uh, come so late? So, um, <laughs> and we have the mainland resources. We have a lot of the elements from the, from the shipyards, from the trader, from the cargo owners. So we have all of the advantages but the, the the tax regime comes a little bit late so mm. we think of course we have a very bright future for hong kong thank you despite, yeah thank you thank you jack despite of the uh, the delay i think it's better than nothing uh, <laughs> well, well um i'd like to invite james and the kenneth i think to uh, to comment because you you both are actually based in hong kong and uh, you of course, that uh, the, the new tax regime brings a lot of opportunities for all the ship financiers. But you also, I think, 
I'm not sure that whether you feel any pressure because uh, that means also like uh, CMB leasing, there will be more competitors come to this market. So uh, James, would you please share with us first and then Kenneth? I think it's a good thing. That means I've got new employ potential pot em employer. Why would that be a, 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 a bad thing? <laughs> don't, let, don't let City listen, hear to that. <laughs> well, I think I never believe in competition. I think I believe in collaborations. Honestly, having this regime in Hong Kong is really good, not just only for Hong Kong, but also for global shipping as a whole. We are going through not just only the US-China geopolitical tension here. We are also looking into embarking a journey of green shipping, ESG, sustainability, responsibility. Most of the shipping sectors have barely just climbed back from the financial crisis itself and starting to make profit. How are they going to invest their own money into new ships? That could be untested in terms of technology. How are they going to build up their balance sheets to replace all of those ships at one go in 2030? We're supposed to cut down the carbon emission. Just only basing the fact that we would have 2030. I think the COVID-19 itself has accelerated the process that to prepare ourselves today Having leasing company in the shipping space is actually very good because they have got a much bigger balance sheets to raise capital and even invest in green technology together with shipyards so that the shipping company can concentrate on what they are doing best is moving goods from A to B. Not necessarily as investing in ships itself because that would in, in, incorporate it into the investment element in there. That, in fact, created a lot of uh, uh, um, speculation in the past, right? Not only the ship owners will get affected, and in fact, banks will also get infected if we continue to just allow that situation. But having leasing company in the, in the picture, I think it gives opportunities for us, for everyone to prepare for the next century, for the next era we're gonna come into. I always speak at the conferences or podium that I'm single, I don't have kids. So I don't really care how the world's gonna burn. But you guys all have, many of us will have family, have kids. How are we gonna prepare that for them? I think the COVID-19 say it very clearly because this affects everyone. We can't just say that we are not affected at all. So I think by having this in place and having the right people, right knowledge, I don't see that as a competition. I'm so glad that it happens. Yep, thank you. Thank you, James. How about you, uh, Kenneth? Any, any additional yes. comments? Well, um, actually, the, um, if, if I may, right, the, um, um, because the, I'm I'm very close to you know the drafting of this bill, and so the if I can make it just a couple of clarification. Uh, uh, firstly, Edward, with due respect, uh, the the bill was passed in uh, June, and the bill is actually the um active uh, retroactively um from the April onwards, right? So the, yeah, the so the bill is already in place, and so the bill has two parts. Uh, for any the qualifying the ship uh, lessor, it is uh, zero tax. 
practice is in line with uh, all these uh, uh, the world's uh, territorial concept of taxation, you know, for uh, for vessels, you know, if they generate the income in international water, um, the income will not be uh, taxed. And then the additional feature would be for any qualifying uh, ship uh, leasing uh, managers, uh, the tax will be half from 16.5% to uh, 8.25. So the James and I, you know, that would have a future, you know, the running some companies, you know, that would pay half tax, you know, if, uh, if somehow, you know, we would, we, we would we, uh, some, somehow, you know, we buy this idea so much and uh, we, we probably will, you know. Um, this, uh, um, and the thing is, uh, if I made uh, um, for, for Jack's uh, uh, comments uh, regarding how this bill was uh, drafted, I just want to see the Hong Kong government's determination on this one, right? Um, Actually, it started in the Financial Services Development Council after they have drafted the aviation paper and it's in the process of enacting that into law. Um, it is natural for them to think of uh, the maritime leasing. But when it comes to maritime leasing, as I mentioned quickly, it is um, um, versus aviation, maritime did not start with nothing. Maritime started with 23, 23, 23B um, as the bedrock you know, of, uh, of, of tax. And then you know, I, 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 and then there are also other technical issues regarding OECD, the OECD's BAPS, you know, and there are a, 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 um, some uh, a series of new regulations that has to be tackled um, conveniently at the same time. So it has taken a while to overcome the issue and to come up with the paper, and then the pa and then the paper was quickly endorsed by the, the governments by the chief executive, and followed up closely by the Hong Kong the Maritime and Ports Board. Um, there's a dedicated um, um, there's a dedicated task force on, 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 on tax leasing. And within six, seven months, with uh, the involvement of three bureaus, in, 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 um, um, including the, the, including the RRB, um, the bill was uh, quickly the, uh, uh, um, drafted and consulted. So I just want to commend the determination of the government. Actually, the, it has taken a bit of time, but the process actually, um, to me being very involved in it, you know, it happened very quickly. And the bill was passed in some the extraordinary circumstances in Hong Kong, as uh, some of you uh, would know. I just want to add one, one point further is um, the effort does not stop here. Within the Hong Kong Maritime and Ports Board, there is a task force on commercial principles that have set up. And so the efforts is continuing to make sure that we'll continue to bring the maritime class cluster in Hong Kong. Uh, and one word on cooperations uh, as a bank with uh, uh, with the Chinese leasing companies or other leasing companies. Really, in Hong Kong, um, we see each other as uh, as as partners um, because uh, um, by definition we would provide uh, different tiers of uh, uh, capital. And ultimately, the important part is that we want to be um, together all the responsible and sustainable capital. We want to we want to group ourselves together. We want to make sure that we will be financing the right assets, financing the right people, so that like what James said, our children, our grandchildren can enjoy a very, very great world. Thank you, Kenneth. I think, uh, Gontem, after you have listened now the views expressed by all the lenders, then what is your point uh, as a borrower? And also you, you see the, the very uh, clear message from Kenneth that uh, indeed the Hong Kong government has recently uh, set up the task force to attract more commercial principles, i.e. the ship owners and operators to come to Hong Kong, to build up a stronger uh, maritime uh, cluster in Hong Kong. So whether you will also consider bring your company to Hong Kong as well. Gunter. 
well, okay, so any steps taken to improve the availability of uh, finance uh, to regional borrowers is, is a very, very welcome step. Um, and it, it makes a lot of sense for Hong Kong to be moving in this direction. As I said, Hong Kong has great uh, infrastructure and you know, legal infrastructure, very good uh, financial system, uh, et cetera. So it's, it's very logical. Uh, so we didn't really, okay, we didn't really make a, a move over there, but what we did do is we did benefit from this new policy, if you will. So we recently entered into a, uh, a transaction with, uh, with Sinopec leasing of Hong Kong, which your firm kindly helped us uh, with. And uh, it was a very good experience, very professional firm. And, uh, and you know, hopefully we will do more uh, such transactions with, uh, with Hong Kong companies uh, in the years ahead. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Gautam. Um, I think given, given today's topic, um, it is maybe also appropriate for us to discuss something from a wider picture of financing and capital raising. And, and we have so far heard all the positive things that Hong Kong will remain uh, to be uh, remain to be one of the best financing and capital raising hubs in the world. Um, so uh, Julian, uh, as you just mentioned that you, you, you are running uh, 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 the assess management, a very large company in that regard. So from your point of view, how important do you think the ESG, which also briefly mentioned by, J, uh, by James as well, nowadays when raising uh, capital and then could green financing be seen as another channel of raising funds for shipping companies in the future. Julian. Yeah, yeah and thanks for that, Edward. My, my fund that I run, we are a uh, an impact only transportation equity fund. So for us, it's, it's, it's what we do. It's in, it's not business model. It's, uh, it's um, everything that we invest. So for us, it's, it's absolutely critical. And I would say that the, um, the people who uh, uh, invest with us and we, um, we ask them out on their behalf, this is an increasingly important theme on a global basis. So as you think about the, uh, the mega trend, which the environment really is, the climate crisis, uh, which, uh, which we see that the fires burning in Australia and, and the Amazon, this is now on the, the, the agenda of every large pension fund endowment. These are really substantial issues. So I think from a Hong Kong perspective, what is the opportunity? The opportunity is that this, this mega trend, this incredibly moral and important issue is something which Hong Kong can really help shape and be a key participant and stakeholder in. That means that as Hong Kong builds up some of those capabilities in green finance and an ecosystem surrounding green finance, that creates a key capability because within the Asia Pacific area, there really isn't a green finance hub. And uh, for that early mover and Hong Kong by on, on every regard, they, they can make those steps forward, understanding better how to understand what the, the regulatory regime is, understanding green bonds in, in, a, in a broad sense, the, the, the rating surrounding green bonds. What are investors thinking? What are the major trends? Once that knowledge base has been well established, that becomes a really key capability. So for me, Hong Kong is already doing great things as, as are many other um, parts of China. But I think the real opportunity is to connect globally because this is a global issue. 
and create a ecosystem of knowledge and capability in green finance in a very broad sense, because I think that would be a unique characteristic. We can talk about competitive centers, Tokyo and Singapore and Shanghai and, and all the other great uh, financial centers in Asia Pacific. But I think the opportunity is for Hong Kong to position itself as the leading key green finance hub. We have a great stock exchange. It's where institutional capital is now focused. There's $40 trillion of capital, which has an ESG filter, equity filter, which is a huge amount of money. And this is on every single person's agenda. And in shipping, time has now come. The bell has been rung. The customers yeah. are talking about it. The yards are being forced to react to it. The banks now are, this, this is uh, on the top of everybody's agenda, right? No one, Kenneth and James and their credit committees probably. I'm, I'm gonna guess that this is it's one of those key points. And for us, this is everything that we do. This is super important. And then there's, there's a really important person that we haven't talked about yet, which uh, is, is in the box below me, which is Gotham. The, the, the ship owners are, uh, they're, they're making that change. They are gonna be moving from high carbon shipping to low carbon shipping. Where does the capital come from to allow that to form up? And that's a lot of debt and equity capital. That's two to three trillion dollars. So for Hong Kong, there's a big prize and there's a, there's a big challenge to solve. So uh, I think it's really up to uh, Kenneth, James, Jack, and, uh, and, and all of us to try and make that happen. So I think lots to do. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Julie. Um, uh, indeed, actually, uh, the IMO has also uh, uh, set up the very, very challenging uh, targets for shipping as well, that in 2030, we have a short-term uh, target to reduce the uh, uh, GHG re uh, uh, emission 40% uh, comparing with uh, the, the, the total, uh, total, total quantum in uh, 2018. And then until uh, 2050, that we need to achieve the zero uh, carbon emission. So that's very challenging actually for, home, for, for the global shipping business. So Kenneth, um, I'd like to ask, um, especially for uh, the green, uh, the green uh, funding for uh, shipping, shipping, shipping companies. What is your company's investment decision-making process when you, whether, whether, for example, the environmental, uh, social, and governance factors, alongside with the financial factors, are the important, important elements when you, when you uh, uh, consider making um, the, the the funding for that particular company. On, Yes, thank you, Edward. I, I think, uh, quite frankly, I think um, we have to say humbly that uh, we are still searching our way. Um, being a secretary, the uh, initial secretary of the uh, Poseidon principle, and now the close to uh, 20 banks are involved is a very good um, start. Um, so the, again, I want to reiterate, uh, um, for us banks, we don't want to be the uh, police um, of the industry, uh, but rather, we just like to group like-minded people together. At the moment, we just want to collect the figures together, analyze the pool of figures to see how collectively we can make use of these numbers and uh, devise some solutions and make things uh, uh, make things better. Um, the remunerations uh, incentives, uh, I mean, the pricing incentives uh, and um, will come. Um, and already we have we, we can see that a lot of the capacity incentive because uh, um, investors and banks uh, um, would um, would like to do their part in the um, in advancing the in advancing the this push you know the uh, on the environment environmental fronts 
uh, we, we, we see a lot of capital you know, coming into uh, this uh, space. And regarding uh, Hong Kong's uh, uh, position, I think we are extremely well placed. Um, firstly, as an international city, for this uh, decommunization uh, um, um, the objectives, uh, 2030, 2050 are very close to our heart already. Uh, plus more um, with uh, China uh, making public announcement, our president making public announcement that China will be carbon neutral by 2060. I think this is a bit, even a bigger undertaking, you know, than the, what the IMO the, is trying to the, is trying to get uh, get um, um, get us uh, get us to do. Um, and uh, for people the, uh, who who uh, who may say how how this is going to be accomplished, I would just say that it's going to be accomplished uh, somehow. Um, um, in, in a way, China is very easy to be understood. If we look at uh, what has been written in the twelve uh, five year plan, the thirteen five year plan, a lot of things are completed. To the dots, right? And the four and the fourteen five year five year plan is being drafted. So I would encourage people to look at those uh, very carefully. And these uh, um, innovations, environmental objectives, are all in the forefront. And we are really we are really in the right place. And also we're in the Greater Bay Area, Greater Bay Area with Shenzhen, the Silicon Valley of uh, China, just a few miles away from us, with a lot of uh, human uh, uh, resources with a lot of capital ready to be invested in this space, we are at the right place to make advancement. But I would humbly, I would humbly say that, you know, it's not that we have a lot of solutions right now and we are pushing people to do this or that. It is more like, you know, an attitude that we group like-minded people together to find it, to find the collective uh, solution or solutions. Yep, thank you, thank you, Kenneth. Uh, given the time that we only have probably uh, less than four minutes, so I'd like to invite each of you to uh, have a concluding remark for today's discussion. Uh, um, what, what's your feel? What's your views? Um, probably I start with uh, Gongchen first. Well, I, I guess I will just repeat what I said earlier, which is that I think a couple of things. So first of all, I think COVID-19 has presented the world and Hong Kong uh, with unprecedented number of opportunities. However, those opportunities are not going to last forever. Hong Kong should build on its strengths in, in shipping, in finance, in trading, and capture and seize those opportunities, um, not just within Hong Kong, but within the region and globally. And that will also help in alleviating the, the tensions, the global, the geopolitical tensions that we talked about. Thank you, Gautam. Julian. Can you hear me? Yes. So I, I would think that the the opportunity is uh, is really quite substantial, and, and I and I would really double down on um, Hong Kong positioning itself as a green finance center. There's nobody else is doing it right now. You know, the the uh, London is trying, and they're doing a good job in Europe. But I think there's a, a really big opportunity for for Hong Kong, and, and Marine's obviously going to be a really important part of this uh, to position. Hong Kong is our green finance center beyond shipping for the Asia Pacific. So I would I would encourage, uh, and I know everybody's going to do that on this call. I would encourage everybody to really support Hong Kong in, in making that that move because it's it's well underway, and I think the reward. Yes, thank, thank you, thank you, Julian. Very encouraging, uh, Jack. Uh, yes, yes. I think uh, yeah. Uh, Hong Kong has an excellent legal system, a very stable financial uh, system a large volume of high quality professional uh, financial personnel. So um, 
Yeah, a lot of uh, opportunities. And you know, we are for leasing house, we have a lot of cooperation with uh, Citibank, with Kenny's, with uh, Junior, and uh, in the future. And Gotham already have uh, closed the deals with uh, leasing house. So uh, when we move to Hong Kong, of course, this is a very great cluster for shipping. And, uh, and we firmly believe that Hong Kong's unique advantages and standards as an international financial center will not only lead a weekend and uh, but in fact become more solid yeah definitely hong kong have a bet tomorrow thank you thank you thank you and james i think yeah, i would um hong kong it means the port of fragrance i think that takes years to really become where hong kong is but not without any challenges in in the future like kenneth mentioned that we will still have to pieces a lot of pieces together. Look at the panel here. You will see the how diverse we are from different countries. But one thing in common is we are working towards a better industry. And Hong Kong is an established financial center that have enough talents and also always bringing in new talents, very international to come up with ideas that would be benefit for the globe. I think this is something that all of us would have these opportunities or even obligation to really make it happen. Yeah. I think this will be a good exactly. chance for do doing so. Thank you. Yes, thanks. Thanks, James. And Kenneth, last word for you. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, first, you have given me a lot of airtime today. So I'll just, I'll just finish by saying that uh, Hong Kong from the central government, from our chief executive uh, in Hong Kong, um, we are very, very determined as a group to make sure that we would have the, the sustainable and the responsible capital coming to Hong Kong and to continue to develop Hong Kong as a major shopping center. And we will never stop. And we will always try to find innovations and always try to find the regulation, right regulations to help. Many thanks indeed. I trust that we have a very fruitful uh, discussion today. And I, I, I personally, and I believe that all the audience have enjoyed this uh, very insightful discussion. So now I, I give you to, to you, Nicholas. Well, again, all I have to say is thank you. Uh, indeed, it has been a great discussion. You guys did uh, really great. Thank you very much. And uh, you gave a very positive uh, and upbeat uh, message for Hong Kong. And very realistic. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much thank indeed. You. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you all in Hong Kong. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye.